All right, we are back on our What's Next Monday podcast. Uh, I've been away for a few weeks, and I'm glad to be back here with Pastor Jane. We're talking about new wineskins. We had our consecration Sunday yesterday, which if you are not familiar with Hillside or how we handle our finances, we do a consecration Sunday where we ask people to consecrate, to dedicate how much they're going to give for the upcoming year, and that's how we build our budget. Uh, And so we talked about that yesterday, but even more than the giving, we discussed um, how the Lord is leading us as a church to dare to do new things Hmm. um, and do new ways of helping present the gospel. Uh, So I'm really excited about this conversation. Uh, Not that I'm excited about other conversations, but I always like having this conversation about how is the Lord leading us to do new things, new ways of presenting the good news of Jesus Christ to others. Mm, That's good. And of course, the new wineskins theme is helpful. I referenced the fact that back in September of 2020, I had used the same theme and so was just trying to bring that back uh, for us so that it gave us a thought about what are some new adventures, what are some new methods. And so maybe we'll get into that uh, before we're done today. Yeah, so we, we started off the sermon uh, around the idea of giving. I mean, let's, let's face it, giving is an important part of sustaining the ministry. Um, I, let's just be honest about it. Mm-hmm. It, is, it is an important part. Uh, and you mentioned yesterday some pastors have a really hard time talking about it. Um, and some have offered false promises around it, uh, mm-hmm. and there's been all kinds of things. I, I will state that um, Jesus talked about money yep, sure quite did. often. <laughs> uh, I, I think they estimate about one-third of Jesus' messages are directly tied to money in some way. Yep. And um, yeah, and then two-thirds contain some kind of allegory that or goes above and beyond and includes allegories or, or using money as a reference hmm. uh, for what he's sharing. Um, so we take money personally because it's an important part of our life. And it's not that Jesus didn't take it personally, but he recognized it was a very personal part to us. And so he addressed it. Mm-hmm. And it's important yeah. for us to address it. Yeah, oh, for sure. I, I think that the way you address it is is one of the key uh, perspectives, right? It's like, if we are coming on strong or we're, we as a leader are panicking or the leadership of the church is in a state of kind of concern and worry, it's only going to filter down through to people that then people feel like, why is it we're always talking about money? Why is money such a big deal? Why, you know, and on and on the list can go. So how can we talk about this in a fair and reasonable way? How can we do it like the scripture says that you're planning in advance and you're planning for what's ahead? I mean, I think that's a great, it's for us, it has, it has proven to be a very positive thing because as people pray, seek the Lord on what they are to give, give the leadership, the treasurers an idea of what that is going to be. And then we can begin to build a budget around that. We have been like in that 95 to 90% range of hitting our budget each year. Uh, There's been a few years where maybe it was a little leaner, other years when we've gone over. But to know that there is a basic plan that's in place and how at the beginning of the message, trying to describe for us as a church, it's reminding us that have been here. It's helping to teach people that maybe are newer. How do we go about this? And I hope that if there's somebody who might have been listening that isn't a part of Hillside, that they would go, you know, the way you are approaching that, the way you talk about that, the the modeling of that 
is really helpful. It's disarming. It helps me to look at it and pray about it and not feel a pressure about it. So that's that's that was the uh, the hope and the attitude that I wanted to bring as I was preaching it. Yeah, and I like that the passages you brought forward, you brought forward 2 Corinthians 9, 7, each decide within your heart mm. how much to give, not decide within your head, decide within your heart, or, you know, the church isn't going to decide for you. I have some friends who have gone to churches who uh, they had to provide an income tax statement oh. every year when your T4 came in. Wow. They provided that, and then the church said, okay, here's how much we expect to see from you yep. um, in, in the year. Yeah, um, I, had, you know, I the, remember hearing of a church that uh, kind of did uh, an allotment. Everybody in the church was to give X amount of dollars in order to keep the church functioning kind of the same principle, but they mm-hmm. had they had given the amount. Yeah. And so th- that just kind of goes against this passage, which is, okay, in what ways is there a spiritual process here? Mm-hmm. Um, just like anything in life, we are to seek the Lord for wisdom, for counsel, for perspective. The, the scriptures have much to say. So, mm-hmm. so it's not like we should be searching for, well, I wonder what God really thinks about this uh, thing. We've already got scripture that helps us, but then in order for the spirit to give us a clear understanding, how are we to give? Let's determine that within our hearts. Let's not do it as the, as the verse goes on reluctantly mm-hmm. with this unwillingness and this, you know, grumpy, you know, kind of like, uh, oh, I have to do this uh, versus the pressure side, too, as well. Yeah. It says don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. So if you're feeling pressure, it's like, OK, that's not good either. So. What, what does God ask? Hey, give with a cheerful heart. Uh, so there can be a joy and a satisfaction in giving that makes you like go, thank you, Jesus, for showing me. And I'm pleased to be able to respond. And it fills my heart in the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you referenced that, uh, the song, uh, the, sorry, the song, the verse, God Loves a Cheerful Giver. Right. Which actually brings to mind a song. I grew up listening to Steve Green. My parents uh-huh. uh, listened yeah, to him a lot. Yeah, I think I've heard that. Yeah, like, God loves a cheerful giver. Ha, 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 ha. Exactly. So if you have trouble memorizing scripture, like look up Steve Green. Uh, they're kids songs, but they're great. They help me memorize scripture so well. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, but in that, yeah, like, so there's this desire within God, uh, the demonstration of God's heart within our own heart hmm. when we give cheerfully. Yeah. Because that's what God has done out of his own heart. Absolutely. And so it's a demonstration of his love, his cheerfulness, his giving nature mm-hmm. when we have decided within our heart, not out of pressure or reluctance, yeah. to give cheerfully. Yeah. And it's so, so good. important for our faith walk. And I love how that passage, 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8 says, and God will generously provide all you need. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there there can be a part of us, if we're not careful, if we're not really paying attention to how God is working in us and what he wants to say to us about his provision to us, uh, we might think, hey, we're the ones who made this money. We're mm-hmm. the ones who are the owners of this money. And so therefore, when we give it away, I don't have it anymore. And so where, where is that going to come back to me? How is that going to work? And so obviously, you know, I think even within our own culture, within Canada, I'll just use our own country. I think there are a lot of people that are, are good people giving kind, you know, gifts and donations to lots of different organizations. But I think that's true around the world. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a part within all of us. We want to be a giver. But the attitude would be, okay, what might come back? Is there anything that would come in return? 
Well, you know what? When you give it to God, you're never, he's not a debtor to anyone. You can't outgive God. How he gives it back may not be the way we thought it was going to be. I would say in our family, for example, uh, through the years when our kids were really young, you know, we had enough income to live, but we weren't certainly that that well to do. Uh, so there was times that you go, well, we, we may not be able to go buy the brand name clothes. We may not be able to do certain things. But the numbers of times that all of a sudden two or three bags of designer clothes would show up mm-hmm. in our lap and, and it would clothe our ki- kids, right? And you go, okay, so they're hand-me-downs, so they're seconds, but hey, they're still good quality clothes and we didn't pay for them and God blessed us with it. And I just choose to believe that because we were faithful in giving, God was generous to us and it just happened to come through a different perspective than what we might have thought. Not more money in the bank account, but resources that blessed us. So Yeah, and there's an element to this that's very sacrificial, right? It's this idea of giving generously mm. to the cost of sacrifice. Jesus even told the story about, you know, showed the disciples these wealthy men who were putting all of this money in the temple, uh, yep. collection taxes, and then this woman who gave basically a penny. And, you know, he said, who's given the most? And yeah. they're like, well, the woman did because she gave most of what she had. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's this sacrificial part, but then it goes to our needs, right? A lot of people have promised God will give us all you want. Yeah. He's going to give us what we need, right? Yeah. The, the the essence of, of of sustainability of life. So, yeah, that's good. Um, yeah. So one of the things that uh, I shared as well is a question that we ask each year on Consecration Sunday, which becomes specific, I guess, to our process, and that is what portion of my income is God asking me to give? So, you know, if we're going to God and asking him to show us, then in turn we're inviting uh, those who are givers, to give us an indication to do it in a way that's practical and easy. Normally, we have handed out papers, we've handed out commitment cards, and because of the COVID realities, we're not doing that this year. Uh, we're not giving papers out, not giving cards out. So we just said, how can we simplify? So we gave, uh, if you're on the email list, you should have received documents that you could read through to know how we're approaching it this year on Consecration Sunday. And uh, the two basic ways are if you do not anticipate a change in your giving, if you anticipate, hey, I'm going to give in this year ahead as, as I gave this past year, then don't do anything. And we'll figure that out with our budget planning. And But if there is going to be an increase or maybe for some people who would get started, they haven't really started to get into the giving pattern or get into notifying us of how much they're giving, then... Uh, you could email the treasurer at hillsidewesleyan.com. Or if you had to reduce giving, then uh, same thing. Just email the treasurer. And uh, there is a uh, email for that, treasurer at hillsidewesleyan.com. And uh, give an indication if, you're, if there is going to be a change. Yeah, and so a big part of this, as we've talked about this giving, is that giving a, allows us to do new expressions mm. of sharing the gospel, sharing the message with others. Um, and you shared these two great thoughts yesterday. I know you said they weren't your own thoughts, uh, but uh, still really important thoughts for us is the never be afraid of adventurous thought and never be afraid of new methods. Yeah. And we have, I mean, everybody, I think, in the last year has had to do that to some extent. Yep. Uh, but your challenge to us yesterday was about what happens when COVID comes to an end, the vaccine's been rolled out, we can start meeting together again. 
do we go back as some churches we're sure are planning and hoping for? Do we go back to the way things always were? Yeah. Or do we say this is an opportunity to do even more new ways of reaching people who weren't coming to church before COVID and aren't going to come to church after COVID? Yeah. Um, so um, how do we go about that? And so I thought those were just just great challenge about adventurous thought and new methods. Yeah. When I was preparing, those statements just jumped out at me. Uh, in loud ways. Um, even this week, this past week we, we, leading up to the message, we watched a conference where, you know, a lot of great leaders around North America were sharing thoughts and principles of, of uh, you know, where things are at. I think out of the whole COVID experience, it's like crisis has hit us. But then, you know, I think in the in just the concepts of the world and how to approach things, crisis can lead us to more innovation. Uh, in fact, I was just reading today somebody who had a restaurant. I can't think of the location, but they had a restaurant that served a certain kind of food. And because of COVID, they completely changed their menu, their food options. And they just said, we're pivoting and we're mm. going to go a different direction. <laughs> and it's like hey, you know what, we're not waiting for this thing to, you know, kind of take us over. We're going to make a decision here. And I think that's one of the keys that we always have to keep in mind is let's not just stay in a waiting mode. Mm -hmm. uh, this, uh, okay, this is, all, we're going to get through this, right? Let's hang on. Let's hang on. And, uh, and let's hope, let's hope it's all going to come together. And then when it all comes together, we're going to go right back to the way it was before. And I think that's not a healthy way for us to be thinking. Yeah, and that term pivots like one of our oh, like catchwords here at it the is. church. It's, it's the catchword. It's the catchword of 2020. <laughs> That's it. It's like COVID's catchword pivot, right? So, you know, this whole idea of adventurous thought and new methods. It's like the adventurous thought is keep thinking, stay curious, uh, keep exploring new possibilities. Um, you know, don't get into the well. We have to compare ourselves to everybody else and do what everybody else is doing. Uh, we might see new ideas somebody else is doing, and it stirs us to something. Uh, but the key is to say, God, what do you want from us? And we're not believing. We're just supposed to wait and do nothing uh, because this might have stirred something new and fresh that if we weren't willing to go there and think about it and think of a new method of how to do it, then we probably will have lost some ground. So how can we think outside the box? from what we have done. Yeah. And I mean, even this podcast itself is one of those things that exactly. we didn't do before COVID, uh, but has been, I think, a big contribution to the life of our church since then yep. uh, with our Monday ones, our Monday weekly Monday ones, our special podcasts around social media, Revelation. We've got a few more that we're planning out for down the road. Yeah. Um, and it's all very exciting. And you brought out this passage in Matthew chapter 9, 14 to 17, where the Pharisees had come to Jesus and challenged him on um, his disciples not fasting properly, yeah, not yeah. the quote unquote air quote the right way, the right way. Um, you know, and that that's very much a religious mindset. There is the right way, yep. uh, the old way, um, the way. And I've heard some people say it the the way that they've seen results. Yeah, um, and that's not a bad thing. Um, because we, you know, those traditions of religious practices came out of something that people saw as a benefit. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes we get so tied into 
a practice that we no longer we no longer can tell that it stopped benefiting people. The purpose right. of the fast was to bring people closer to God. The purpose of the fast became just a religious duty. Mm. And uh, and that's what Jesus was really challenging them on. Yeah. And so that's how we look at our ministry here, right? Like you ask us all the time uh, um, as staff, like what are the things that we're going to keep doing? What are the things that should be cut? And what are the things that should be changed, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, evaluating what's become a ritual with no purpose yeah. uh, and no effect. And, and I think a lot of pastors, a lot of churches have said things like, you know, here was our schedule before covid and COVID has changed the schedule. We've had to drop doing things because of, you know, restrictions and group sizes and, and meeting in person or not. I mean, there's all those things that have come along the way. So if there was ever a time to evaluate what are the things that we need to keep doing, um, it's, it's time now for us to do that. So we go, are we going to just go back and repeat and push kind of replay as to what <laughs> always happened before or do we ha have the courage and the the vision and uh, the the wisdom and the adventurous spirit to say well maybe there's some new ways new expressions that are going to come out of this and are we willing to at least have those discussions and explore and maybe step into it mm, that's so good and it's not to say that the the things that of the past were wrong or bad no and they need celebration yep uh, you know celebrate the ways that god has used those things um, but there's new ways, new manifestations. Again, going back to this podcast, like when I was a kid, uh, I remember a lot of churches were getting into using radio to broadcast yeah. Yeah. their messages, right? Well, we don't use radio anymore. Like no. I know some people listen to radio in their car. I don't really. I listen to podcasts, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's where this idea came from is a lot of uh, influential leaders were moving to podcasts because that's where people are listening to their content. Yeah. Um, so this is like the new radio. Yeah. Um, so it's not that that method was bad, but it needed to be changed. It needed to be challenged in how it could be more effective in reaching people. Yeah. Um, I mean, just across the whole marketing, you know, realm, right? It was like, um, you know, radio, then TV and newspaper mm -hmm. and a what? Uh, yeah, a newspaper, <laughs> right? And so, again, uh, that is definitely where some people still, you know, go to uh, for their sources of information and so on. But there's a whole new world opening, right? Mm -hmm. And it's been open for a while. And what's the church doing to enter into that world? Not to be, um, you know, negatively influenced, but to have a presence, mm -hmm. you know. So if we're not showing up at uh, the place where people are hanging out. I think of this, I remember years ago, uh, a college roommate of mine, uh, he and his wife and family moved to South Africa. And part of their process of doing missionary work was to go to where the people were. Mm -hmm. So they went to the marketplace because that's where people hung out. And so it was like, instead of saying, well, I'm just going to stay back in the compound home and pray and wait for people to come to me, I'm going to go to where the people are and I'm going to build relationships. I'm going to interact. I'm going to get to know people. I'm going to try and have a positive influence. And over time, it, it made a difference. So I guess the same is true here. Like where are a lot of people hanging out? Well, they're hanging out on virtual platforms and social medias. And so we've got to find you know, increased ways to reach there. Mm, absolutely. 
So in part of this conversation, uh, you shared this quote, which I've heard you, you know, read now a number of times, this Ernest Shackleton yep. uh, newspaper actually <laughs> ad. Yep. Uh, so do you want to share that? Uh, because sure. I know a lot of people probably would really enjoy hearing that again. Yeah. I mean, and if you have heard of Ernest Shackleton, uh, this will just be a repeat if you haven't search them up, you know, get some information, watch a, a video or a, a series on him because it is it is one of the most phenomenal uh, stories you're ever going to read about, you know, adventure and um, being able to endure some of the most extremes of, of temperatures and conditions and keeping morale of people. But in order to get the team to go, this was his ad, that uh, he posted to try and recruit people to go with him. It was this, men wanted for hazardous journey, small wages, bitter cold, long months of complete darkness. I mean, the first part of this is like, <laughs> oh, sign me up, oh, yeah, right? Absolutely. I'm, I'm ready, ready for hazardous <laughs> things, bit, small wages, bitter cold, long months of complete darkness. And then he says, constant danger, safe return doubtful <laughs> how about that and then honor and recognition recognition in case of success right and it's, still no promise of money yeah <laughs> it's like wow you know i was just thinking today i think i was just going to go for a walk in the park you know take it light today no you're going like on an adventure <laughs> so i love that and i read it often cuz it just i want it to ground me and remind me and just give me that sense of don't get caught up in comforts mm. and routines that make life easy and and then just feel like you know there's what what am i doing what what's the purpose here is there more to life than this and i so i do read that often just because it's so direct so pithy so compelling mm. yeah and so as we've been talking about this this ties into this idea of the new wineskins mm. and jesus had talked about putting new wine in new wineskins. You can't yep. put new wine in old wineskins. They're too brittle. They'll break. Yep. And so there's this challenge within us to do new things and to express the gospel in a new way um, so that people in our culture, in our community can hear it. Yeah. Um, and it's not lowering ourselves to the lowest common denominator, but it's giving dignity to those who haven't heard it yep. in a way that connects with them. Yeah, like new methods. You know, I mean, the, there I've been pastoring now, you know, 35, 36 years. And uh, wow, that sounds weird to say that. <laughs> that's, that's long, eh? Um, but over the years in different churches and different locations and different styles and different approaches, all kinds of different methods have come along. And they have all had a place. They've all been meaningful. And so, you know, would I want to go back and repeat what some of those are? Probably not. I, I go, I don't know that the effectiveness would be there. Like in our day and age, for example, you know, to say, hey, we're going to drop by and pick up your kids and take them away for two or three hours to a place that you're probably not going to want to come to, but they'll be safe. They'll be all cool. And people go, not my child, you're not, you know, but back in that day, I was like, sure, take the kids, they'll love it, you know, and we'll have some time by ourselves. And I mean, all that stuff that took place in a bus ministry. It was a method that worked, but I don't, it just wouldn't work today. No. People would be like, I need liability forms. I want to know everything. I'm, I'm, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to watch what's going on. I mean, it just be, it just wouldn't work in the same way. So you go, okay, that, that was a method that worked. 
what's a new method, right? And so, for example, we've been doing a hockey clinic now for a few mm-hmm. years. We're in our fifth year, right? Yep. And it's like it's uh, practical to our community. It's something that is, you know, at our local arena. Um, you know, last year there was even like we're going to do a live stream of the practices because the restrictions said parents can't be in the mm-hmm. ice surface. So we're giving them the visual, but I mean, it's a new method and it's a way to try and connect with people in our community to ultimately help them to come to know Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I think we just have to keep thinking of new methods. And another thing I had mentioned was, you know, a lot of our energy, a lot of our time, a lot of our weekly activity is preparing for Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's been the way church has been done for years and years and years. And uh, I don't know that we're going to stop doing a Sunday morning kind of gathering, but do we have to open our minds to other options of gathering, uh, smaller or more strategic or community-based? And if we are going, no, we can't go there, we just can't do that, then we're buying into being afraid Mm -hmm. of adventurous thought. So if we're going to be not afraid, let's have (laughs) conversations. Let's try some new methods. And you know what? If it doesn't fly, okay, well, at least we tried. Mm-hmm. And there's no nothing wrong with that. So let's give a try to certain things. And, and as God leads us, and hopefully we have wisdom to see those things and give them a try, then, uh, yeah, we'll step into it. Awesome. Well, thanks, Pastor Jay. It's been a great conversation around uh, new wineskins and giving and excited for the future on how Hillside's leading and moving in uh presenting the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ uh, in new methods, new wineskins, adventurous, new methods. Yeah, that's mm. right. And I hope it, uh, I hope we're open to that. I hope we stay curious. Uh, I hope that we're willing to, um, you know, just have that initiative mindset of we're not waiting for people to come to us. We're not waiting to get back to what once was. We're open to seeing new things. So mm-hmm. let's pray for that to happen. Father God, we are just so thankful for the opportunity that we have to present the good news of Jesus Christ, that you have come as Lord and Savior to bring salvation from our sins, to bring redemption, forgiveness. Lord, give us a desire to take risk, to be adventurous, new methods, to to want to reach out to others rather than to close in on ourselves. And so, Lord, we just pray for wisdom, for guidance, and for a boldness to step out in faith, knowing and believing that your spirit has gone before us. And so we pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks, everyone, for joining us. This has been What's Next podcast on new wineskin, new methods, and new adventures. We'll see you on Thursday for the Revelation podcast.